0: Arkansas. This is Alan Kerr in for Dave Ellswick this morning. Dave had a late night last night uh, monitoring the uh, the elections and the, the local races here in Arkansas, and uh, I'm sure he's pretty out code uh, at this point. So uh, I've uh, agreed to step in for him. I'm Alan Kerr. I'm a recovering legislative uh, uh, member of the House of Representatives. I am the current uh, former Insurance Commissioner for the state of Arkansas and now currently i'm the uh, senior executive vice president for one share health uh, it's a health insurance ministry if you're ever looking for a uh, an alternative to health insurance or the way to take care of your health needs one share health can do it just onesharehealth.com right now is open enrollment open enrollment is uh has started as of the 1st of the month for uh, all plans uh it's been going on for a couple of weeks for medicare plans so all of you out there are looking to make changes in your health insurance needs. Open enrollment right now is the time to do it. Well, Heidi, I don't know what we're going to talk about this morning.
1: I have no idea. My I've goodness. just been scrounging the news and I, I was like, there's nothing.
0: There's nothing going on. <laughs>
1: Absolutely not. Oh, wait, there was an election. <laughs> there
0: was a couple of elections. Uh, there was an election. Yes, yeah. yes. And you know what? Um, uh, I'm so glad they're over with. Uh, they're not quite over with. We haven't seen the results of a lot of them but uh here locally um, for the most part they're they're all done um we've got uh uh congressman uh, French Hill who won his uh, his race uh his was declared although his opponent has not conceded um I know how he feels I had I had several opponents uh in the past and and uh I'm still waiting for them to call and, and concede uh which is it's been 10 years so I don't think they're going to call um, we had uh, a few of the um, uh, the referendums that were on the ballot uh, uh, that uh, we'll go over, um, but right now, what uh, what are the numbers?
1: Well, let's take a look at the numbers, Alan. Uh, currently, I'm looking on a. KATV Channel 7's website and they have a uh, something pulled up uh, the Associated Press election results. Um looking at the uh, the electoral map nationally, um there's about 6 states that are a little too close to call and we might not know those uh those results and maybe we might we might know them later today or it might take up to a week at most to know those results. Um currently AP is reporting that Uh, Joe Biden has about two hundred and thirty eight electoral votes, while Donald Trump has about two hundred and thirteen. Those races that have not been called yet include Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Uh, looking at the, uh, looking at Arkansas, uh, of course, it was no surprise that, uh, Donald Trump, he, uh, beat Joe Biden, uh, to get the, uh, Arkansas electoral votes. Um, something to note, uh, Alan, did you hear that, uh, Kanye West tried to run for president?
0: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I was hoping he would kind of pull away from, from Biden's votes, you know, (laughs) how how did he show?
1: Well, uh, he showed, uh, he got 4,037 votes. In Arkansas? In Arkansas. No kidding. Yeah. So, uh, Good that, for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at the, uh, the Senate race, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, he beat his uh, challenger, Ricky Dale Harrington, Jr. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton got 66% of the vote. Uh, looking at the House district seats, the U.S. House district seats, uh, Congressman Rick Crawford was unopposed in District 1, and he, of course, got 100% of the vote. Looking that
0: happens at, when you don't have an opponent.
1: That does. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a little bit surprised if yeah. he got like less than 100%. I would,
0: I would have been very worried if he came up with less than 100% <laughs> if I were him.
1: Uh, looking <laughs> at uh, House District 2, uh, as you said, French Hill uh, won his uh, election against uh, challenger Joyce Elliott. French Hill received 55% of the vote, while Joyce Elliott got 44%. In uh, House District 3, Congressman Steve Womack won against Democrat Celeste Williams. Steve Womack got 64% of the vote. And in House District 4, Bruce Westerman won overwhelmingly against Democrat William Hansen with 69% of the vote. My goodness. Let's see. Uh, some uh, a, a state Senate um, uh, race to note. Let me see. I'm looking here. Scrolling down. Uh, Let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, A state Senate District 32 here in Central Arkansas. Clark Tucker, Democrat Clark Tucker, uh, beat Republican Bob Thomas for that seat. Uh, Clark Tucker got 64% of the vote. And then finally, looking at some of the nonpartisan judicial races uh, around Central Arkansas that you should be aware of. For Circuit Judge District 6, Division 2, uh, Casey Tucker won over Hugh Finkelstein, it looks like. It was a very close race, My though. My goodness. Um, Casey Tucker got 51% of the vote with 67,000 votes, with Hugh Finkelstein receiving 48% of the vote with 62,000 votes. Also with uh, Circuit Judge District 6, Division 10, Shanice Johnson uh, won over Lot Rolfe with 54% of the vote. With Circuit Judge District 6, Division 14, Sean Johnson overwhelmingly beat Andrew Ballard. Uh, Sean Johnson received 60% of the vote. For Circuit Judge District 6, Division 15, Amy Johnson also overwhelmingly beat Gary Rogers with 62% of the vote. Wow. so those are some of the numbers that you need to know uh, particularly in central arkansas and across the state again uh i am trying to keep up with uh everything else that's going on nationally and yeah. so if there's any breaking news we will let you know so back to you alan
0: well uh you know heidi thank you for all that information it, you know it it may be i've been watching this as well it may be friday or later um before mm-hmm. we actually know um who the declared winner of uh of the presidential election is and uh, I'm still predicting that's going to be Donald Trump, right? But uh, um, you know, it, it is running very close, very close. A couple <laughs> things that uh, you may not have uh, mentioned is is that we had three issues on the ballot. The uh, issue one was the permanent half sales tax, half cent sales tax um, <clears throat> to uh, to fund the uh, the roads that passed. Um, <clears throat> uh Arkansas also passed the issue 2 the measure to change term limits uh that <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this uh, I, term limits have been on the ballot just about every other election and uh, they change it all the time um Really? Oh yeah, 5 years ago um I was supposed to be term limited at 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 three terms in the House of Representatives and uh the year that I was um, actually uh term limited out they passed it to where I could have actually run again had it been in effect but um um now they've got it to where you have a a hiatus where you can get out for a couple of years and then rerun again hmm. so yeah strange um issue three which would have changed the process uh, for ballot measures uh was the one that failed uh, so uh, the, the one and two passed number three failed <clears throat> terry hartwick um And and, uh, Tracy Steele are going to be in a runoff in North Little Rock for the mayoral race there. Um, Looks like uh, that's going to be – I don't have a date on that, but it will be soon. Um, So they're going to have a runoff because neither one of them got 51% of the vote. And as you mentioned, um, Steve Womack, um, Rick Crawford, uh, French Hill, and uh, Tom Cotton uh, all won their races uh, Bruce Westerman, of course, won There's his race as well. Um, but uh, you know, as we unpack all the uh the issues uh and all of the uh the election um results as they come in, we're gonna let you know and uh keep you in- advised of that. I want to let you know uh we've got some guests coming on the, the program this morning. Um first off is gonna be at at uh Six thirty-six. Uh, John Gilmore of Gilmore Strategies. He's been in, uh, working with French Hill's campaign, and uh, we're going to get some highlights from John. Uh, we'll have uh, Lieutenant Tim Griffin on uh, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin on uh, this morning at uh, at seven oh six, and at the uh, bottom of the hour, uh, turning that corner at seven thirty-six, we'll have uh, Congressman French Hill coming on to uh, to talk with us. right now we're going to uh go for a uh try to take a break got to make some money and uh i'm alan kerr we'll be right back after these messages for the dave Ellswick show good morning this is alan kerr in for dave Ellswick on uh this bright wednesday morning after the uh the election night although it's not over i'm sorry nope i uh uh, I don't know it, when I was younger, and we had presidential elections. Uh, you went to bed, and you woke up, and you knew who won. It was easy. Nowadays, it, it's it's not that simple anymore. It complicated,
1: it's especially complicated, especially in this election. Especially it's, in this election.
0: Yeah, yeah. When they're running close, uh, they they want to count the ballots pretty closely. So um, we may not know for several days. Um, you know, so uh, it may be Friday, maybe Saturday before uh, they get all the votes counted.
1: You know, that explains why. <laughs> election day is on a tuesday it's in the middle of the week so in case there is something like this we know by the end of the week by the end of the business days i guess
0: yeah let's go with that yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that
1: yeah you It's know, like, why isn't elections on a friday you know <laughs> if only well because people have in. better things
0: to do on friday than to go vote i'm pretty sure
1: that is but, true but uh, I, I voted on
0: a friday i early voted i early voted I did, did you too. early
1: vote i did
0: see yeah um uh i I used to wait until election day but uh since early voting's been around i'm one of those people that likes to get my homework done early and and Mm -hmm. get it out of the way you know so i can go and do other things well good morning we're i'm alan kerr we're in for dave ellswick this morning dave had a late night last night uh watching election returns and they are still returning uh as we speak Uh, i got up this morning and it was kind of like schrodinger's cat you know i don't know if you know that that situation that the cat's in the box and it's either alive or dead until you open the box. Well, we're Ooh. going to open the box this morning okay. on, on, on the elections and uh, <laughs> and see what's in there. Um, you know, French Hill won his race last night. Um, Congressman French Hill uh, won his for another term. Um, his, uh, his opponent, um, uh, Joyce Elliott, um, fought a good race, but uh, French was the, the victor. They have announced that. Uh, I think we have a clip for for uh, Congressman Hill
2: and then that group of people that uh, get you moving when you have to be moving in a campaign. I could not do this without the love and support of uh, Missy Rickles, Kathy Lanier, my campaign chair this session, Trent Minner, Amber Crawford, my political director, and then the brilliant polling of John Gilmore and great publicity and uh, uh, communications advice from J.R. Davis. Thank all of those members of our team. But, again, in all seven counties and every week around our campaign headquarters, month in and month out, It's the volunteers that get the job done, that send the text, that send the mail, that send the emails, that help raise the money, that put on the events, that ask their neighbors to support. So my hat's off to those major workers, those sign putter-uppers, those volunteers in this campaign. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, congratulations once again to Congressman Hill for uh, winning his race again last night. uh, In there for another couple of years to do the good work he's been doing in Washington for us. He will be on the show this morning at 7.36 after the break at that hour. Um, again, uh, several candidates in, in, in uh, Arkansas uh, last night. Uh, locally here, uh, you had a race between um, uh, about four people in the North Little Rock mayoral race. Um, Tracy Steele and Terry Hartwick were the uh, the, the two with the, the the largest amount of votes, although n- neither one of them got 51%, so that's going to be in a runoff. Um Congressman Rick Crawford uh, was reelected to Congress. Um, of course, French Hill, as we said, um, Senator Tom Cotton uh, won his race uh, pretty handily and uh, is going to be re- uh, representing us in Senate for uh, um, another term. And of course, Congressman Bruce Westerman, who uh, uh, very handily beat his um, his opponent, Congressman Bruce Westerman. I served with him in the House uh, in the House Legislature. Super nice guy, very smart uh, guy. He's he's uh, very well educated in agriculture and represents us well there. So, um, and again the uh, the issues uh, that were on the ballot. Uh, issue one: uh, the what created the half cent sales tax, uh, permanent half sales cent sales tax for the uh, uh, the roads that passed. Um, they expect to get. About $290 million annually out of that to help with our roads. Now, what you may not know is <clears throat> it's very important for us to have that money on hand because we get um, like a three-to-one match for, uh, from the federal government when we have that money uh, to put into our roads. So that's, that's quite a bit of money that we're going to be able to put into Arkansas roads to make them safe. Um, <clears throat> issue two um, passed. Issue two was the uh, change on the term limits, as we mentioned before. And uh, term limits are—you're going to be able to serve uh, ten years and uh, take a uh, uh, a few years off. Uh, I think it was like four years off, and then uh, back for another twelve if you wanted to do that. <clears throat> Issue three, which would have changed changed the uh, the way we do ballot measures, how the citizens put ballot measures on the on the ballot, uh, that failed. So. Uh, That's what we've got here locally.
1: Um, something that I want to mention, Alan, we just got a, a caller that was asking about um, what the, uh, the Little Rock City Council and city directors, um, okay. you know, what were, what were the results of those elections? Um, I haven't seen anything yet. I'm looking at uh, some of the different um uh, news websites, and so once we have that information, uh, we will definitely uh, get that to you. Um, we have a couple of minutes here, and something else that I wanted to uh, to mention is that um, uh, KETV Channel Seven reported on Election Day yesterday that the Pulaski County Election Commission <laughs> disqualified at least four thousand absentee ballots. Uh, commission officials said Tuesday night that the ballots won't count because they are missing information sh- such as birth dates and addresses. Um, and of course, you know, as, as we've seen, you know, those those missing 4000 absentee ballots didn't really have much of an impact on the race between French Hill and Joyce Elliott as French Hill overwhelmingly um uh, won that vote. But, well, I think you know. the
0: margin was more than 25,000 votes between the, the, mm-hmm. the two, uh, at last count, but so. it could
1: have affected some of the more smaller local races. And so 4,000 ballots, you know, that's, that's, that's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> the commission said about 200 other ballots are unable to be, were unable to be scanned because they were torn or crumpled, <clears throat> during a meeting streamed on youtube tuesday night wow. officials said that they are that they were working to copy information from the unreadable ballots to new ballots that can be scanned so who knows what happened with those um yeah. 200 ballots but thousand ballots yeah that's something right. that you run the risk um you know when you have such a big um absentee ballots when you have a lot of requests for that
0: well and that's one of the reasons why that that we're so hesitant to uh, to do uh, mail in ballots mm-hmm. because you have no direction. You don't have any anybody to to show you what needs to be done on that ballot. Whereas you go into the 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 election uh, facility or the the poll booth, there's always somebody there, a poll worker, to show you how to get it done. I don't know why anybody wouldn't put their birth date on a, on a ballot or their address. I mean, your ad—that's how they. They verify who you are. Maybe they're ashamed of their age. Well, (laughs) I feel their pain. I feel their pain. But but still, I mean, if if you want your vote counted, you need to give them all the information. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. So let's go to a break. Uh, Alan Kerr is our guest host filling in for Dave as Dave is getting some much, much needed uh, shut eye. Here is the news. And we'll be back in about five minutes.
0: Thank you, Heidi. Good morning, Arkansas. This is Alan Kerr in for Dave Ellswick, Elswick, who is uh, uh, probably out cold uh, from staying up all night. Um, giving you the uh, returns on the elections and, and managing the election returns uh, for the station. I have on the live line this morning, speaking of politics, I uh, don't you know, we we have a little bit of that going on right now. Uh, I got John Gilmore, Gilmore Strategies. John was a former uh, deputy chief of staff for Governor Hutchinson. I worked with John when I was insurance commissioner and and on the, the Governor Hutchinson's cabinet. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning, Alan. It's, uh, great to be with
0: you. <laughs> you Bright eyed this morning.
3: I am. I am. It's a, it was a big night last night, and uh, really excited about the the election results and uh, and what we saw across the state of Arkansas.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had lots of uh lots of positive uh, results this morning uh on those races. We kept all of our our congressional delegates and uh um I think we even gained some some ground in our uh the Republicans gained some ground in the Senate. Don't we have a a, a supermajority this morning uh in the Senate?
3: Yeah, we Yeah, we do. You know, we we were paying attention closely to the uh Arkansas state Senate. Um my little brother, actually, Ben Gilmore uh, in South Arkansas, beat a Democrat incumbent in Eddie Cheatham. And uh, it was a decisive victory. Uh, ben won with nearly 60%. Um, you know, kind of a a surprise win, I think, is um, the um, looks like Bruce Malick is going to be unseated down there in Magnolia by uh, Charles Beckham. Yeah. So it looks like we're going to have, at least two pickups um on the republican side of the aisle in the arkansas state senate
0: well you know when i was i was first elected to the house of representatives i think there was 15 of us in the house wow. period <laughs> we we uh we had our, our our meetings at ihop so you know our, our caucus <laughs> meetings so it, it was uh um <laughs> and and not Please. very many in the senate as well
3: well, I mean, speaking of that, you know, been really been watching your old um, legislative district really closely, and um, you know, this morning, you know, looks like Representative Cervillo has the uh, has the lead there, um, you know, slight slight lead, but still um, a really big deal for that for that district, which, as you know, um, has. Started to trend more democratic, and uh, and you know has been a really close race for Representative Servillo. But uh, as we look at the results this morning, he's um, he's got about a hundred vote lead right now. My goodness.
0: Well, I've seen I've seen races like that won or lost with fifteen votes. So um, we'll we'll keep a close eye on that race and and see uh, um, when they finally. Finally, uh, report the the, f- the final results and and see where that ends up. But uh, our hopes and prayers are with uh, uh, Representative Cervello. So uh, you, your your little brother he's um, he's in the House of Representatives now.
3: No, uh, state senate. The state senate. Oh, the state he, senate. Um, state yeah, senate. He, I, I stand yeah, corrected. He, I apologize. No, he, he uh, uh, ran a really strong campaign mm-hmm. against the uh, incumbent. State Senator um, Eddie That's right. Cheatham. Eddie Cheatham. You're right. And uh, yeah, and um, and came up uh, with the win last night. Um, and in addition to that, uh, one of our other clients that we worked with was um, Howard Beatty in the same um, area of the state um, down there in, in the Cross at Monticello area. And uh, and he unseated the Democrat incumbent in Leanne Birch um, as well. So you have two new Republicans coming to the State House from uh across at arkansas
0: my goodness that's uh that's awesome that is a great win um so let's uh you you were on uh French hills campaign right yeah 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 absolutely had uh had quite a bit of uh, uh energy behind him tell us uh, what was the hardest uh the the hardest uh part of that campaign
3: you know Um, Yeah, we were delighted to work with Congressman Hill and uh, served as his pollster and media consultant. And, um, you know, coming out of the gate, we really looked at the fact that as an incumbent, you know, with um, uh, a unique environment, which is the 2020 election cycle, we needed to talk about, you know, what has he done for the people of Arkansas? And so we came out with an ad early on, Talking about what he had done on the coronavirus, which was lead the effort to get the funding in Arkansas to help businesses and, and individuals weather the storm, and, and you know through that we you know we wanted to maintain or, or try to keep a you know positive campaign, um, but that wasn't going to happen. Um, you know outside groups spent record amounts of money um, attacking the congressman, lying and distorting his record. And uh, and so, you know, we pushed back on that and showed really who he was in comparison to State Senator Elliott. And uh, I noticed this morning that even though Congressman Hill has had a decisive victory, um, you know, State Senator Elliott has yet to, to concede, which, Alan, you know, just goes to show that, you know, Democrats have gone around speculating about Trump or about, you know, He's not going to accept the election results. But uh, right here in Arkansas, it looks like Democrats aren't willing to accept uh, election results. And uh, Congressman Hill had a decisive victory. I uh, I do think the the secret weapon of his campaign was uh, his daughter's ad at the end that we made that was uh, talking about her dad. And I think that that had an impact in this election. Uh, I think folks, especially as we look at suburban um Women voters, um, you know, are looking for um, the connection to the issues and that Congressman Hill cares about, and uh, and at the end of the day, you see how he has prevailed in a big way, and looks like a, about a ten point um, win over um, State Senator Joyce Elliott, which again flies in the face of all of the polling that we saw in that um, in that race, and um, you know, as a pollster. You know, I don't understand the attitudes of how some voters respond to 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 polling. um, You know, and how do you capture all the different trends that are out there? But I'll tell you, our poll, one of our polls, you know, toward the end, um, you know, about 60 days out, you know, we we showed him having a, a really large lead, like the lead that he ended up winning by, and then the race tightened up. And, uh, and I think as you look at his race, there'll be a lot of lessons learned, but it just shows you, I do think at one point in time in the last you know couple of weeks, that race was very tight. And I think he pulled away, um, just in the last few days.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that. The, the last, uh, commercial you did, uh, the one with his daughter was my favorite. I, I really liked that commercial. That was really done well. She has got a, a, a fantastic camera presence and uh, I think she's got uh, a bright future of her own ahead of her. Don't you agree?
3: No, I do. I think that uh, look the, the Hill family—they're—they're um, they're all exceptionally talented. Um, and uh, I feel like uh, you know you you might see one of his uh, one of his kids, either you know Payne or Liza, run for something down the road. Uh, don't know if that's in their future or not. But uh, you know, I think when you when you get the chance to talk about your uh, father, a family member that you love, it shows straight from the heart, um, you know, feelings. And uh, and it's a very candid look inside of a family. And, uh, and I was glad that we were able to do that and show um, the connections and the strong family unit that the Hills have. And, uh, and I think the voters saw that, too, and saw how Congressman Hill juggles being a, a family man and a dad along with being uh, a United States congressman. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, you you mentioned that he was still waiting for uh uh for his opponent to concede. I uh, uh I had four races, John. I'm still waiting for three of those uh opponents to call me and concede. And that's that's been over ten years. So uh I I tell Congressman I wouldn't hold my breath.
3: Um. <laughs> no that's a that's a that's a true statement and I'll tell you it becomes more and more um That way. And, uh, you know, I look, I've served as a campaign manager for campaigns and a consultant for campaigns and, um, you know, ran Governor Hutchinson's campaign in 2014. as his campaign manager. And, you know, one of the first rules in politics is as you get close to Election Day, um, you know, you as a campaign manager, you reach out to the other side. You all exchange cell phone numbers for either candidate. Right. And we did that both in the governor's primary against Curtis Coleman and. 2014, and and in the general against Mike Ross, and you know, I mean, it's uh, I don't take anything for granted, and I think it's just a common courtesy in politics that um, you know, don't be a sore loser, right? Uh, pick what? up the phone and, and work across the work across the aisle, and whether you're Republican or Democrat, uh, it's important, and uh, and you know, look, I'll say this election has been pivotal for the future of our country. And uh, we'll talk about the presidential as well, but, you know, and and for our state. But, uh, you know, our kids and young people are watching how these elections are conducted and how people conduct themselves. And we need to be an example for the next generation.
0: I totally agree. Totally agree. And, and, you know, there's there's a, a whole lot to be said for just, you know, manners. You know what I mean? <laughs> My, Absolutely. We, you and I are brought up with to have good manners and and uh, to be professional. And you know, um, at the end of the day, you you uh, if you win, uh, you take that with grace, and if you lose, you take that well too. So, um, but not everybody's like that, I guess. But um, I, I, I understand, you know, not conceding if you're a hundred votes apart, like the Cervillo race. But this is twenty five thousand votes. Okay. I, I don't think there's gonna be twenty five thousand uh, uh, ballots actually show up someplace, at least there better not be, uh um in the next day or two. So anyway. Well you mentioned the um, the national races. Let's let's talk about the presidential race for just a second. Uh give me your thoughts there. You you feel yeah, like so Trump's I, gonna pull it out.
3: Yeah, I look I think I think he's got a great uh, pathway to victory, you know. This morning, if you look at the map, um, you know, with ninety-two percent of Georgia in, he's at fifty-one percent. With eighty-six percent of Michigan in, he's at forty-nine point four, and Biden's at forty-eight point nine. With Pennsylvania seventy-five percent in, he's at fifty-five percent to forty-four percent for Joe Biden. And so, and in North Carolina, with ninety-five percent in, he's at fifty to forty-eight. And so I do think that, one, let's look at what the entire, you know, mainstream media said. You know, everybody was predicting a blowout election for uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. And, you know, what I will say is never count out Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump has proven that he is the most unpredictable candidate um, I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I would go as far as say pretty much anybody's ever seen. Yeah, and, I agree. And, you know, he has a unique ability on the campaign trail, <laughs> and I think that's where his strength is. I think this race tightened up when he made his barnstorming trips across the United States and drew those record-breaking crowds all over in these states. And I think that you see that there was an enthusiasm that he was able to energize um, Americans to come behind him and support him in these key swing states. And I think you see people that are voting for him that have voted for probably President Obama. And, you know, I go back to the fact that, you know, when he won in 2016, I called it uh, the NFL phenomenon. And I looked around and I said, who are these voters? I mean, I've been working politics a long time, but I haven't seen, you know, these voters come out before in this way. And these voters are the hardworking men and women in the United States. They may work in steel mills. They may work in factories in Pennsylvania, but they are taxpaying Americans who care deeply about their values. And I I say that because when I went to, you know, when I've gone to NFL games either in, in Maryland or other places, I said these voters that you see are the same families that I see that save and scrimp and save, take their family to an NFL game, and they show that energy there in that NFL game the same way they show their energy for, for Donald Trump. And I think that there was a certain uh, element of America that he tapped into that is, again, the, the like I said, the, the steel workers of America, the folks who are, are, are on the front lines in factories working hard in the Rust Belt and in the Midwest that they recognize that the economy is better. They may not be social issue voters, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, they recognize that at the that they believe that their country is better in the hands of a <clears throat> businessman than the hands of a career politician. Absolutely, and I think you see that, and then you also see it in the fact that right now, and I mean, there's still votes you know to be counted, um, but you know Donald Trump is is being competitive right now in the popular vote, yeah. um, with you know, only a two point margin in between Joe Biden and and Donald Trump right now. All right. Well, John, thank you. Um,
0: Hold on for just a a few more minutes for us. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back. I want to I want to dive a little bit uh, into that and uh, kind of kind of pull all this together on on the national uh, national forum. Uh, We're talking with John Gilmore, Gilmore Strategies, uh, talking about politics this morning, of course. We're going to be right back after the break. Good morning, Arkansas. I'm Alan Kerr in for Dave Ellswick this morning. I uh, am a former uh, state representative, former insurance commissioner, and now SEVP of Open um, <laughs> SEVP of OneShare Health uh, Ministries. Uh, just kind of an alternate um, or an alternative to health insurance as you're uh, as you normally uh, would would think of it. Uh, open enrollment is is uh, open right now. Uh, OneShareHealth.com. Is uh, where you need to go for uh, for those quotes. I'm on the line with John Gilmore this morning uh, of Gilmore Strategies. Uh, he was uh, very influential and and worked with the French Hill campaign and um, did a lot of strategy for them. And French Hill has a win this morning, so congratulations, John. Um, it's always good when you uh, uh, when you can come away with the big W.
3: Yeah, it is, Alan. And you know, look, there was. Um, it was a huge win for Congressman Hill, and if you look at it, there was probably almost $7 million spent from outside groups and from the candidates in that race, totally, and um, that's a ton of money um, for one seat in central Arkansas. And I will just note this morning, as I was going through the results, that um, Congressman Hill won the election day turnout in Pulaski County. Um, you know, really? He did not win he did not win the early vote, but he won the election day. So on election day he got almost a thousand more votes in Pulaski County than Senator Elliott, which is just a you know crushing, even further crushing blow to her campaign and dropped her to fifty nine percent in Pulaski County. And it just shows you that at the end of the day, you know, Congressman Hill has stood for the values of Arkansas in Washington DC. And the voters of Arkansas in central Arkansas recognize that. And they recognize that, you know, he has the experience needed to fight for the issues and to help look at the economy as far as the coronavirus is concerned in our nation's capital. And they reelected him uh, handily. And, you know, this is now uh, the fact that every election cycle, um, he has now won indecisive victories. And everyone thought this race was going to be close. I thought it was close, and I think it was close. And I think it pulled away in just the last you know week, um, just with voters getting enthusiastic about Republican ideals and principles across the second district.
0: Well, and, and very well said. Uh, you know, it you, you have to run through the tape, as they say. You you can't take your foot off the gas. You have to uh, you have to keep uh, pushing all the way through, and and. His campaign this time around was a very good proof of that. I mean, it's um, a lot of games are won and lost. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of campaigns are, are won and lost in in the last few hours. So, congratulations to you and, and to uh, Congressman Hill. Um, and we're on the the live line with uh, John Gilmore this morning of Gilmore Strategies. John thank you so much for, uh, for being on the on the, the radio program with us this morning um, right after the uh, the break at 706 we're going to have lieutenant Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin get my tongue tied there it's too early in the morning uh, he's going to be on the, the live line with us this morning and talk about his views of the election returns we'll be right back after these messages. saw this is alan kerr in for day of ellswick on the day of ellswick show um the morning after the election we're all kind of uh waking up kind of uh sleepy-eyed and um uh trying to get our bearings after a long night of elections uh we have on the live line coming on the line just now is uh uh, for us this morning lieutenant governor tim griffin and uh we're going to talk with him uh, just a little bit um Good morning, uh, Lieutenant Governor. How are you? Good morning. I was turning off my
4: two-year-old's lullaby music.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you still trying to put him to oh. sleep?
4: <laughs> uh, did I get a little bit of sleep? Yeah, I got a little bit. Uh, I did not I did not get sufficient sleep, but uh, I'm going to power all on is. through a, a <laughs> cup of coffee here in a minute. We're going to get going.
0: I think that's all that um, is. What's up? I think that's pretty much all of us this morning.
4: Yeah, yeah, we're all just hanging on. So uh first first things first. So yes, I have two staff members. David Ray, which many of the listeners will will know as a guy that is a solid conservative who fills in for he has filled in for Dave and, and been on the show as a guest and he's my chief of staff. And he ran for state representative, and he did not. He won the primary. He he lives in Mommel, represents that area. He he will represent that area. He did not have a general election uh, opponent, and he uh, is now representative elect David Ray. He will be sworn in in January. Very very proud of David. Excited for the state. He's just good solid really smart, hard-working guy, and so proud of David Ray. Now, if that's not enough, my deputy chief of staff, and I only have two staff, because when I took over you know, uh, as lieutenant governor, I cut my staff uh, over half and I've left it there, so I only have two staff. The other staff is, member is Ben Gilmore, <clears throat> yeah. and he's the deputy chief of staff. And he he ran for state senate in his home area, South Arkansas, Ashley County, Drew County, Bradley County, down in there. Right. And he crushed it. He beat an incumbent Democrat who had been in the legislature for some time, Eddie Cheatham. And he just uh, he won about sixty one percent. I think. I mean, he did really really well. That's awesome. And so he is state senator elect. <laughs> and i'm just so proud of both of them uh they are just solid solid as yeah. a rock so what you're telling us awesome.
0: so what you're telling us lieutenant governor that you've got a couple of positions opening up for staff members
4: <laughs> 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 now we've we have filled them but um we have filled them but uh they they will have to quit my office once they get uh sworn in So, yeah, we've we've taken care of that. But uh, now that's a that's a praise. Uh, Another praise is obviously French Hill, uh, my successor in uh, Congress representing the second district. You know, um, the polls were way off. Now, to be fair to polls, they're a snapshot of people's opinions. It doesn't mean those people show up to vote. So, you know. But you had polls that really showed it to be close, close, close and in the end I forget exactly what it ended up or don't know exactly what it ended up, but I think it was over ten. Right. And I remember saying, you know, I, I ran against Joyce in, in two thousand ten and uh, and beat her obviously. And uh and I remember saying early on that, that that he was it was not gonna be any closer than ten. And it was he beat her by over ten. Right and um, so really excited about that Uh, in the state house broadly. You didn't ask me a question. I'm just on auto. We just keep on on going, sir. (laughs) I'm on autopilot. There you go. (laughs) um, Because there's so much to talk about. But in the state house, we gained three. Right. Lost none for a net of three, and those three are going to be some of the ones we picked up. Are good, solid conservatives. Uh we so we're at seventy nine out of a hundred.
0: Right. In the yeah.
4: state house.
0: Yeah. When when I right. got if into the Republicans state house can't I was... get
4: something passed now,
0: <laughs> then,
4: then yeah. it must be a Democrat idea.
0: Yeah. Woo. Well when I um, when I joined the, the State House it was uh there's about eighteen of us, so yeah. It's come a long ways.
4: It's come a long way. And then in the Senate we picked up two seats. One being uh, my staff person, and then the other one being over in my home county, Columbia County, which I think uh, that, that Senate district goes up in Nevada right. County and Ouachita County. So we had two Senate pickups, both of which were knocking off incumbent Democrats.
0: Right. Well, it gives us a supermajority in the Senate now, if I if I did the math right.
4: Yes. Yes. So that would be 28 out of 35, if I have the math Right. Right. 28 out of 35, uh, and 27 being the supermajority, I believe. Right. Um, in any event, so on the presidential level, uh, I, it was eerily like Florida <laughs> <laughs> for me because I was at the Florida recount for three, three and a half weeks um, back in 2000. Right you you remember that was the two thousand? That was the December right. that we had that massive ice storm here. Yeah. In um, any event, the hanging you know, chat. It, it, yeah, the hanging <laughs> chair. I will say this: I have not seen. I, I think things have been pretty orderly, and uh, things have been orderly and peaceful from everything I've seen, which is um, which is good, and you know, just around the country, and I think. You know, folks are, are doing the doing the work to count the count the ballots and so we, we're just gonna watch um wasn't there wasn't a ton of change while I was sleeping <laughs> uh, no there wasn't the was there? only my wife's bringing me coffee I'm on the, I'm on the radio baby okay
5: <laughs>
4: that's frozen okay so I'm gonna go in here <laughs> Thank you, baby. Your voice is wonderful. Okay.
0: Yes, but another one. Like, I'll be
4: little right out, on the radio. Okay? I'm all behind Yeah. So in any <laughs> Well, there it is. Live oops, sorry, baby. Live radio. Live um,
5: radio.
4: So um that's my alarm clock. So yeah, so the only one that changed overnight was Wisconsin. It was very close when I went to bed and it was chosen it was picked for well, it wasn't picked, but but President Trump was ahead, and then um, they started counting a lot of those mail-in early uh, early ballots or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Wisconsin went to Biden overnight. Uh, it's still very close. I think it's twenty thousand. Um, the others did not. None of the others that I could see switched during the night. Um, I'm watching Michigan very yeah. closely. I think the gap, even with a lot of, even if you assume certain things about the votes to, still to be counted in Pennsylvania, I, I don't see how Biden gets anywhere near uh, Pennsylvania. I could be wrong, but uh, any of us could be wrong on anything at this point. Right. Um, but uh, But Michigan is what gives me the greatest concern because that's really close. And they've got a lot of uh, what I would characterize as heavy D votes to count. Right. Uh, so I'll be watching Michigan very closely all day long. And I saw the secretary of state; she was interviewed um, a little bit ago, and she says that that she thinks by the end of the day there will be there will be uh, they should have most everything. Uh, wrapped up. She didn't say it exactly like that. I think she said, "You know, they, they should have some developments by the end of the day, or whatever." But um, so it, it, um, that's sort of where we are right now, man. Um, you have got frozen life, which is always a good way to start the day.
6: <laughs> that's true.
4: Uh, we've got some uh, a big dose of good news here in the state, and then we have uh, at the presidential level, we have a, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, I would say in the Senate, oh, man, we way outperformed expectations on the Senate. Yeah, we did. Way, (laughs) way. I mean, we may have lost, I think right now we've lost one net of one. Let's see, we lost lost Arizona. We lost my good friend Cory Gardner in Colorado. We picked up Alabama. I think we're going to pick up Michigan, so maybe it's a it's a dead even. I, um, so
0: it's we'll your prediction we're I, going to hang on to the Senate on the on the federal side.
4: Oh, no question. <clears throat> okay. No question. Uh, no question. It may be a wash. Yeah. Yeah. It may well be a wash. Uh, so anyway, man, um, so I appreciate you filling in for uh, for Dave. And uh appreciate you letting me come on
0: absolutely sir looks
4: like i've gone a little longer than you anticipated
0: yeah yeah we got a little more time out of you so uh well thank you for coming on and uh um uh, taking your time this morning i, I know it's it's everybody's kind of sleepy eyed and and of course your your daughter alarm clock went off there we got a we got a Shut free off. free rendition of frozen so, so when i
4: when i said i had kids to get ready that was not an excuse.
0: that was not that was not uh non exaggeration so anyway yeah, yeah. Well, let's this is the, we're on the phone with lieutenant governor tim griffin uh giving us his uh post election uh thoughts uh, unfortunately election is still going on we're still doing counting and uh, um, a lot of results still coming in but yeah uh, just
4: say some prayers and uh, stay tuned to the tv and uh, uh, we'll we'll figure this thing out together man absolutely. Uh, but um, yeah love everybody and uh, be safe and uh, we'll
0: talk soon yes sir thank you for coming on thank you thank you buddy yes sir bye We've been talking with uh, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin about his thoughts on the election results. Um, we're going to take a, uh, a quick break here, uh, do some uh, some traffic and weather, and uh, be right back. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick. Good morning, this is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show, uh, the morning after the election day. <clears throat> Everybody's kind of blurry-eyed and, and still... Uh, Still wanting to see results, and uh, we're we're uh, guarding those and 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 taking those in as they come in. Um, I am uh, Alan Kerr. I am uh, uh, former representative, uh, state representative, of the House of Representatives here in Arkansas. Uh, former insurance commissioner. Uh, mo- most recent job. Currently, I'm um, SEVP of OneShare Health uh, Ministries. OneShare Health is an alternative to health insurance. And open enrollment is going on right now. Open enrollment for, um, everyone looking for health insurance, uh, whether it's Medicare or a, um, a health insurance product. Um, OneShare Health is an alternative to health insurance. And, um, uh, you can find that at onesharehealth.com. Uh, give us a try. Uh, we'll get you a quote and, uh, tell you about all our, tell you all about our program. But right now we're gonna we're gonna look at uh, opening the box and unpacking some of the information on uh, the election returns, and I'm gonna ask uh, Heidi to kind of give us some of the numbers, kind of run through them for us. Heidi, we did them earlier this morning, but I know some folks are just now getting up after a long night. So why don't we we run through some of those?
1: Good morning, Alan. Uh, Looking at the the big electoral map, looking nationally, uh, the Associated Press is reporting uh, that Biden currently has 238 electoral votes, while Trump is sitting at 213. Now, there are about six states that we uh, have not received uh, any results yet. They are still counting those ballots. And it might be later today that we receive those results or it might be even a week from today that we receive those results it just all kind of depends now Um, they've
0: they've called florida for president trump they've
1: called florida for trump Uh, and
0: and i heard i heard a a comment by joe biden that if if he didn't get florida he thought it was all over So, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see. But have we got Ohio yet?
1: Uh, 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 Trump did get Ohio. Um, The six states that uh, have not received uh, the official election results yet are Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Looking locally here in Arkansas, um, there are about 1.8 million registered voters, uh, and the amount of ballots cast is almost 1.2 million. So we've got about 600,000 Arkansans who did not vote this year. I I would
0: have I would have been concerned if you told me that we had one point nine (laughs) million votes cast.
1: Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah. no, 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 (laughs) no. Of course, uh, Donald Trump overwhelmingly uh, won Arkansas's vote in the Electoral College with 62 percent. Joe Biden received 34 percent. Uh, Looking at the U.S. Senate race, Senator Tom Cotton overwhelmingly won his race against uh, libertarian Ricky Dale Harrington, Jr. Senator Tom Cotton won 66 percent of the vote. Looking at the U.S. Congress uh, district races, uh, Congressman Rick Crawford was unopposed, and so he won his race. In House District Two, Congressman French Hill uh, won fifty-five percent of the vote, so he is the victor in that race, uh, according um, over Joyce Elliott. Joyce Elliott won forty-four percent of the vote. In House District Three, Congressman Steve Womack uh, won sixty-four percent of the vote over Celeste Williams's thirty-one percent. And in House District 4, Representative Bruce Westerman overwhelmingly won uh, his race 69 percent over Democrat William Hansen's 27 percent. Let's see. Looking at the state races, um, there was a a notable one uh, in central Arkansas that I know we at the Dave Ellswick show were looking closely at. And in fact, Bob Thomas, uh, who was on our show, uh, he, um, you know, he made his case. However, uh, Clark Tucker won uh, uh, that race here in central Arkansas, I believe. Let me see.
0: Clark Tucker for state Senate.
1: Clark Tucker for state Senate. Yes. Uh, Clark Tucker for state Senate. He won 64 percent of the vote in state Senate District 32 over Bob Thomas's 35 percent. Interesting. And then finally, going to uh, the nonpartisan judicial races, um, some judicial races that we need to know about in central Arkansas. Uh, Mainly, these are for a circuit judge district six. And then there are different divisions in uh division two casey tucker won by a very small margin over hugh finkelstein uh casey tucker won uh 51 percent of the vote while hugh finkelstein received 48 percent in division 10 shanice johnson uh won over lot Rolf. she got 54 percent of the vote Uh, For Division 14, Sean Johnson overwhelmingly beat uh, Andrew Ballard. Sean Johnson got 60 percent, while Andrew Ballard received 39 percent. In Division 15, Amy Johnson beat Gary Rogers 62 percent to 37 percent. And it looks like that those are the main races that you need to know in Central Arkansas. Uh, <clears throat> I'm looking on uh, ArkansasOnline.com, and uh, there is going to be a runoff election for the Little Rock School Board races. <clears throat> um, right now, uh, let me see, Michael Mason of Zone One sandrica morning of zone two and leanne wilson of zone four were elected to seats on the new board in uncontested races according to arkansas online uh ali noland norma j johnson greg adams and jeff wood appear to be heading to victories in their races um so we will see a little bit more about that as more of those numbers come in uh also uh in little Rock, uh For uh, the new city, one of the new city directors, uh, Antoine Phillips, was leaving a seven was leading a seven person race Tuesday night, according to Arkansas Online, and he joins two incumbents, Dean Kempuris and Joan Adcock, who were also ahead in their re-election bids. And so that's what we know. um, Those two stories were according to Arkansas Online, and then the other results we received were from the Secretary of State's website. So that is what you need to know uh uh, so far about the election and of course nationally uh who is the president we're not quite sure yet and again that could we could know that later today or it could be a week from now so back to you alan
0: yes ma'am well for all those uh numbers and and those results also uh in central arkansas well in arkansas we had uh three issues on the ballot issue one uh passed if you were Looking that uh, you are going to get a, a half-cent raise uh, in, your, uh, in your pocket this time around, uh, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. They did pass the half-cent sales tax um, for the roads. Uh, it's a permanent sales tax now in the Constitution, so that's going to go on uh, in perpetuity. Coming up next, uh, Congressman French Hill at 736 is going to join us on the live line. We're going to get to congratulate him for a well-fought race and uh, congratulate him on uh, his victory over Joyce Elliott. This is Alan Kerr uh, filling in for Dave Ellswick this morning on uh, FM 101.1
1: yes and uh, we have about 10 seconds left and so i want to let you know that the rush limbaugh update is coming up uh let's see what he has to say on 101.1 the answer
0: good morning this is alan kerr filling in for dave Ellswick after a long night of uh, election returns he's uh, probably out cold in his bed i'm sure uh so i decided to come in and pinch in for him and uh uh, uh sub hit for his uh, radio show this morning. On the live line, I've got uh Congressman French Hill, the winner of uh, one of those election races uh, overnight. And uh, good morning, Congressman. How are you doing?
6: Good morning, Alan. Great to be with you. What a night. It's still still going.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. For a lot of races it's still going. Um, yeah. it's it's you know, I think you can remember when we used to go to bed and wake up and all then done and uh we know exactly who the winners were but not in this day and time uh, but fortunately Double. we do know your your race uh yeah. you the results of your race uh congratulations on a a, um, a very decisive win even though your opponent has not bothered to call and concede i, I assume she hasn't done that yet
6: no i got up again to look through the uh, scroll on my phone and i saw no no call from her and uh so i don't understand that but uh we'll just move on and uh it's humbling to be trusted by the people of Central Arkansas to represent them for another term in the house and i'll make the commitment that i'll work 24/7 52 weeks a year to do it so look forward to that service and look forward to working with you and and others in the in the two years ahead
0: yes sir well again congratulations and and now that the uh, the election's done uh, it's time to go back to work isn't it yeah, but it was
6: it was it was a big big night last night in the house. I don't know that we'll be able to take the house back from Speaker Pelosi, but we had some very celebrated wins last night. Uh, two big ones in the Miami Dade, uh, Florida area, which, as you saw, President Trump won Florida decisively, and the Republicans picked up two members of Congress in South Florida. Uh, including, and they pick, picked up a seat in Minnesota, up along the uh, Canadian border in Minnesota, long-time Democratic seat there, and they picked up a seat in uh, New Mexico, uh, as well as in uh, Oklahoma City and South Carolina. So some of the seats that we lost in 2018, <clears throat> that President Trump had won back in 2016, we're winning. Uh, we've won some of those back, and there's still some to, that remain to be seen.
0: Right. Well, now that the uh, election's over, uh, you can kind of turn your attention to the work for the next two years. Yep. Um, you're, uh, you've done a lot of work with veterans. Do you have some work still to do with, with that group?
6: Yeah, you know, our veterans are they're fifty 50,000 strong here in central Arkansas, Alan. and I've always had, since I was first elected and took office in, in 2015, I've had a team of wounded warriors who've uh, worn the uniform, served abroad, been wounded in action that have worked on my staff, and we have dedicated ourselves to making sure they get the high-quality service they deserve from the VA. And just this year alone, in 2020, we've gotten over $3 million uh, for those veterans in earned benefits, and we're almost to $23 million uh, in earned benefits over over the past six years.
0: Well, I've, I've been watching the stock market a little bit closely here, uh, recently. And, and of course, uh, the, the market's up, uh, as of yesterday because, uh, they think that soon as the election's over, that we'll actually get a stimulus package, uh, for the, <laughs> for the, for the corona, uh, virus, uh, issue. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that. How, how can we, uh, can we expect that to, to be done soon? Is, is small business going to get a reprieve?
6: You know, uh, in my view, they should. We should have done this in July, where we extend the paycheck protection program so that people can get a second PPP loan. That would really help some of our restaurants that are still struggling, our oh. hotels. and we have more that we need <laughs> excuse me, we have more than we need to do there. Um, Here's the politics. You know, I would like to see that done during what's called a lame duck session, which Mm -hmm. is the final few weeks of this session of Congress. And I'm going to be pushing for that. If Joe Biden wins the presidency, uh, you know, the Democrats in the House and Senate might go along with that, or they might want to wait until he's inaugurated. And I think that's a mistake. I think we should move now on the consensus items that we have like paycheck protection, clarifying the unemployment compensation issue and how long it runs, and giving our governors, like Governor Hutchison, the freedom to spend the CARES Act money, the big stimulus money from this year, um, uh, that that ability for the governors to have that spending authority ends December 31st. That's why I think we have to act now in the lame duck session.
0: Well, I agree with you. I, I think the uh, the Democrats are going to want him to be able to take credit for that. Uh, After the inauguration so uh, that's why they're going to hold that back but uh, you know people are getting tired of the politics of those kind of things when when two months can mean life or death for some of these businesses i mean it's 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 pretty selfish on their part i think
6: you have successfully for years run your own business. Yes, you know sir. exactly what it takes to do that. And I have too. Most of these Democrats don't don't have any experience in running a business, signing the front of paychecks. And they don't know how week to week, month to month, you know it is under this kind of pressure and the government regulations saying you can't open or you can't serve this many people or whatever. And it's made it so challenging over 7 months when the health folks back in march yeah. told us they thought well this will have a major impact for about 90 days that's why we structured the cares act people think all that money's infinite and that it was um, you know just a it was not random dr Fauci and the public health people told us uh, structure this money for basically mm-hmm. april may and june and the virus will be uh, through its major sweep by then well we've found that's not true at all and so that's why we're still suffering in the business community and travel community. And while we need to act now, uh, Pelosi this year, more than any other time I've seen in my six years in the house, uh, has just put politics over the people. And, uh, I, 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 it's not good, not good at all.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, um, you know are they trying to serve themselves or serve the people so uh with with hope that Donald Trump wins the election and it's de- decided that uh, he's going to be our president for the next four years hopefully um if if that happens, that's probably going to free up a lot of that that speculation and and maybe maybe they will go ahead and do it during the lame duck session, like you said. And, uh, I do think
6: that would happen. I think, yeah, I think uh, uh, if Joe Biden's elected, it could go the way you and I just discussed. It could also yeah. happen in lame duck. But if Donald Trump is elected, then I have no doubt that a tailored package now would get through in lame, lame duck. And then, you know, um, maybe we'll have to consider something else in 2021 if the economy and still needs some some support. Right.
0: Well, I realize you're not Dr. Fauci and you don't have a medical degree, but, uh, what's, uh, what's your prediction for, uh, um, some, some, uh, maybe some vaccines or something to to, some kind of relief for this corona situation that we're in?
6: Well, that's, in, that's the, the encouraging news, and I think it's a little buried in all the back and forth and politics of the last 60 days for the election. But Congress approved $10 billion for Operation Warp Speed, and the National Institute of Health, NIH, uh, and where Dr. Fauci works, and the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, have collaborated on speeding to market, completely following the rules, but speeding that regulatory process. therapeutics. That you've seen working now, including when President Mm -hmm. Trump was in the hospital and a vaccine. And we had 100 candidates back in April that felt they had a good vaccine. idea. And we're down to four. And those are in human clinical trials, which I expect to wrap up here in the next few weeks. Uh, The FDA will review those results and determine which ones uh, have efficacy, you know, in fighting the virus, preventing the virus. And I suspect in 2021, perhaps early in 2021, we'll have several vaccine choices that work and that can be manufactured up into the hundreds of millions of doses. And then each state will have a plan. I know they're working on one here in Arkansas about protecting the most vulnerable in our nursing homes, uh, those who work in the public, uh, you know, our our workers that are out in the public by nature of their important job every day so i'm optimistic and it will be amazing that you between january of 2020 when we learned the genetic makeup of this virus when china finally told the world around the second week of january we well could have an approved fda vaccine within 12 months that's amazing you know so maybe january 2021
0: all right congressman if you wouldn't mind holding on for us for just a few minutes while we do a little traffic and weather uh, when we come back we're talking with congressman french hill and congratulating him on a well-fought race here in arkansas in the second congressional district i'm alan kerr uh, for dave Ellswick and 101.1 fm good morning this is alan kerr at 7 a.m on the morning after the uh, tuesday elections we're on the line with uh, congressman french hill who had a very nice victory last night, uh, winning over his uh, opponent, uh, Joyce Elliott, of about 25,000 votes, if I remember right. Good morning, uh, Congressman.
6: I'm glad to be with you, Alan, and uh, it was a great, great night, and we're now waiting around the country for those final results so that we can, I think, put a um, exclamation point on 2020, and everybody... Uh, enjoy the hunting season, Thanksgiving, Christmas and look forward to a new
0: year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh as you mentioned that the uh your your other um, fellow congressmen in the state have uh uh won their races uh as well. Uh Rick Crawford of course didn't have an opponent. That's the absolute best way to run. Um, the uh, uh and of course your race, you had uh Tom Cotton Uh, who won his uh, he's a senate race uh, won his race you had bruce westerman who who won his race pretty well uh, as well and and uh, uh, congressman womack is uh, uh, also still um, uh, a congressman in arkansas so uh, as as a delegation from arkansas uh, do you have any any big plans uh, for the upcoming uh, couple of years that that things that you'd like to see get done
6: Well, each of us is working on economic development for our state. And I think one of the most important things coming into the Congress um, this year will be our new five-year highway and transportation bill. This will provide the federal resources that combine with our state resources for our road programs around the state. If you noted, the um, road program was adopted last night uh, by our voters. Both Rick Crawford of the 1st District and Bruce uh, Westerman of the 4th District, both are very involved in the Highway and Transportation Committee. They'll be leaders in making sure that that program is well-structured, good for the taxpayers, and good for rural parts of America, because... Mm -hmm. Last year, when the House Democrats attempted a transportation infrastructure bill, it was heavily skewed to the biggest uh, East and West Coast cities and really was not well structured for us out in rural America. And So I count on Rick Crawford and Bruce Mm -hmm. Westerman for leadership
0: there. Yes, sir. And, and, you know, I mentioned before that um, uh, that's a lot. I think it's like 270 million that they're expected to get out of that. Of that tax is um, what is the federal match? Uh, there's a federal match to that, is there not?
6: There is. Roughly, Alan, you know, it varies uh, in terms of in the interstate program, uh, particularly and in roads and bridges. Roughly, the highways in our country are 50 mm-hmm. 50, but it does vary if it's an interstate system versus a state highway where the some of the federal money is just purely supplemental
0: in some aspect of it. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. And and uh, over the next couple of years, um, we look forward to having great things from you and our other other delegation um, from the state of Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I know you're very committed to uh, to the the people in America and but i know that small business is close to your heart is there anything else that that you've got on the horizon for small business i know we mentioned the the coronavirus yeah. stimulus but uh
6: yeah the ppp is important but yeah. also if joe biden is elected joe biden wants to raise taxes on small business and increase regulations on small business and i will do my very best to fight back against that approach if it's a Biden administration, because I don't think that's how you get the economy rebuilt and reopened after this pandemic. I mean, that's just the opposite thing to do to help our small businesses. Uh, And so we'll be on on the watch to make sure they have access to their own money through appropriate taxation and that they're not too burdened by red tape in order to start new businesses and help small businesses grow.
0: Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, sir. Well, thank you this morning for, uh, Thanks, for being Alan. with us. And uh, congratulations again. Uh, go get some rest. You bet. All right. My best wishes to you. Thanks. Thank you, Congressman. We were just uh, on the phone with Congressman French Hill. He had a, a very good win last night, a hard-fought race. Uh, congratulations to him and uh, uh, his his team for, for pulling that election out. We're here this morning, the morning after – uh, still looking at a lot of uh, uh, results coming in across the country. Um, we still don't have a, an answer for the presidential election. It may be a few days uh, before we know that. I'm Alan Kerr. I'm in for Dave Ellswick this morning. I am a previous uh, uh, state representative and a uh, uh, previous insurance commissioner for the state of Arkansas. Currently, I hold a position at uh, OneShare Health, who is uh, a health sharing ministry. Currently, your your open enrollment is uh, is going on, and uh, uh, open enrollment is the time when you've got the opportunity to make changes in your health care, whether it's uh, Medicare or um, uh, a Medicare plan, or you're you're signing up for Medicare. Uh, or it just it, it, even if you're not of that age group and you need uh, health insurance now is the time to be looking open enrollment uh, is going to go through uh, december 15th uh, for standard health insurance uh, applicants and uh, i i'm pretty sure that uh, medicare open enrollment ends uh, at the end of uh, november but now is the time to make those changes now one share health is a health share ministry And what that means is they are not insurance. It's an alternative to insurance where you have members that share those expenses among the other members. Go to onesharehealth.com, and um, they will uh, give you a a quote and walk you through the program and help you decide if that program's uh, right for you and your family. This has been Alan Kerr. With uh, uh, filling in for Dave Ellswick, uh, up next we have uh, at the eight o'clock hour we have the financial issues live program. Uh, they will. It's a new program that we have here on one hundred one point one FM that talks about uh, financial issues and the way uh, to uh, to invest your money. We've been here this morning talking about uh, uh, the elections, the elections the day after. Uh, we still have a lot of time uh, still left to, to to sort out and to uh, to ferret out all those uh, those other elections that aren't finished and, and aren't uh, f- had the final tally on them. Uh, of course, the national election being the the, the primary one and the uh, the election for president. But hopefully in the next day or so we'll uh, we'll know what the the results of that is. This has been Alan Kerr. I appreciate you uh, tuning in this morning and listening to the Day of Ellswick show. Have a wonderful day. morning, this is Alan Kerr with uh, filling in for Dave Ellswick, and I'm here with uh, Joe and Duck of Duck's Garage, and uh, we're here to uh, talk about automobiles and uh, all your car problems and car issues. Uh, these guys are the best in the business when it comes to uh, uh, diagnosing problems and coming up with solutions for them. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are you doing, Alan? Doing great. Good morning. So, um... We're gonna dive right in here. And uh, so uh, what what are some of the more common problems that you guys run into um, nowadays with with the type of vehicles and things that, that uh are are coming off the line. I mean they're mostly computers anyway.
7: Everything with wheels. <laughs> it's basically what it's you're right. Basically that's what it is. A laptop running down the highway. There you go. On four A laptop wheels. running down the highway. And uh, here lately i've seen more key problems have you seen any joe oh sure it's common thing keys and
4: uh, you know drivability issues uh, programming even the manufacturers are constantly updating programming to correct certain issues for drivability the way it runs fuel economy way it starts and stuff like that so
7: i've got three right now with bad keys Three with bad keys. I got two Fords and a, and a Jeep. Really? Yep.
0: So when you say bad keys, what does that mean? It, it just you, won't open? No. When you stick your key in it
7: to, to start it, yeah, the headlight starts blinking at it, huh? Because it's not receiving the halo. Is that right? It's not. Re- the key has a code in it, right? And when you stick it in the ignition, it has a halo circle around it, and it's it's not talking to the key. Well, how do you fix that? Buy a new key and program it. Buy a new key. <laughs> you know, so. it's... it's uh, and I've got another one in there. Joe has been struck by lightning here about a month ago, and I've got it back in there fighting it some more. Really? The car was struck by lightning? Oh, 18. would have run down the Interstate. Wow. I'm at about thirty grand right now I'm fixing it. Oh, my goodness. But the truck's a $150,000 truck. Well, yeah, but uh, uh, $30,000
0: quite a big chunk of that hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yep. But uh, you know, it's uh Alan? Yes, sir. A- ain't you glad you
4: weren't a-
0: insurance agent on that? Yeah, I <laughs> am glad I was not the insurance agent on that. That that would be a heck of a claim. Uh and hard to explain to the adjuster. So uh oh, yeah.
7: he's been down there three or four times and you know I'll give it back to him, tell him drive it a few more days and to something crops up and now i've got it back the oil gauge don't work on the dash no more the temperature gauge don't work on the dash no more and it shorted them out so i got them ordered but they're about 300 a piece
0: oh my gosh
7: you know and you can't replace just the gauge and the dash i gotta replace the center unit and the gauge right because you know uh, but i tried to explain to the customer you know he was dead set; he wanted the truck back i said look It'll take a year to work all the bugs out of this truck. Yeah, and I told the adjuster I am not signing off on it to it stay out on the road for sixty or ninety days and it don't come back and see me. Right for these problems. Right. I've placed worn harnesses in it. We've replaced <laughs> the ABS module in it, the ECM, the TCM, the body control module. Mm. It got the seat belts. they had replaced the seat belts. Got it. the seat belts too. Yeah, because they have a mechanism that locks it when you go to wreck. Right. It burnt that up in them. You oh my never goodness. know. I have seen them where Alan put an ECM on it, pat him on the back, and don't never hear nothing back from him. Right. Then I have worked a year on them things trying to get the bugs worked back out of it. And and I explained it to the customer. I said, Look, let them total it because they wanted to total it, but he had a fit. Nope. Nope. I want my truck back. And so here we go. Yeah. You know, and, and but it is, in speaking of programming, uh, Joe. On one of these questions here, we got a 1997 Dodge Ram, 2,500 Lariat, 8-cylinder, 5.9 liter. Before installing a new computer, does it need to be programmed? No computer comes yeah. programmed.
4: Well, you, you know, there, there are some remand places that can do that with the yeah. VIN number, but what we usually do is buy one blank, and then we program it right. ourselves. We actually extract some of the information off the old one.
7: Yeah, and so it, one.
4: it makes it easier with the security for the keys and, and all that stuff. So I would say that, you know, if I was doing the job, I'm going to buy a blank one and do my own programming.
7: Yeah, because, you know, even though they did it with the VIN number, you're still going to wind up having to program the key the time it's all said and done. Hmm. Yep. Because I've bought them already programmed before out of Florida and get them up there, and they don't have the right key code in it. Right when what has happened along the way, somebody has changed the key right, and reprogrammed the key, and that's where you run into problem at. But, you know, it's just one of them deals, and the only thing you can do you is just there, take a guess. If you
4: go over and you buy a new uh, PCM, what everybody considers new from one of the dealers, it's actually not new. It's a reman unit, too. Yeah. But they'll give you a PIN number for that thing. It's a personal identification number for that ECM mm-hmm. that'll unlock gateways so you can go in there and program it individually for that vehicle specifically. And, and you know, without that, you're not going to get the security set up right. So
7: Yeah, and, and you can beat your head against the wall day in, day out trying to figure it out. My goodness. And hopefully you don't get one that's come out of California or the California missions because those computers are hard to come by.
0: I am just blown away, guys. You got
7: <laughs> My
0: idea of a mechanic has has changed completely. So, uh, you know, you, nothing you, like it used to be. Nothing like it used to be. You have to buy equipment blank and then program it from scratch. Uh, that's that's just that just blows me away. So, um, you know, people don't realize what goes into uh to these vehicles that they buy nowadays and and what uh what's all entailed in, in keeping them running. Um, so you've, you've got these keys that you have to reprogram, um,
7: and each key is specific to the vehicle. I'm assuming
0: there's not just a, nope. okay.
7: You get a blank key, right? That, that, then you have the key cut and then you program the key to that halo. Right. And you know, once you, but the keys are all just blank keys. I mean, they, they had to be cut, then they had to be programmed to the, to that vehicle you know it's uh you know i had the guy out yesterday because one of my customers left his truck with a key in it they stole the key out of his truck it's in a fence luckily they didn't take the truck but they just took the key so he's got two keys running around out there somewhere so yeah he called me yesterday and he said hey can i call Russell. he said can you put a new ignition switch in my truck and i said yeah i can but it's got to be programmed you know that do he? he said and i asked cory i said why he said because somebody stole the key out of it last night they didn't take the truck which is unusual they yeah. probably figured out we'll come back when the gates open and step in the truck and right. drive out why would you leave the key in the truck well it was one of them somebody didn't get it out yeah huh you know and you know he's there's about 10 guys at work here and somebody drove it and left the key in it and you know and so the guy went over and cut a new key for it, and then you know, we changed the ignition switch, and he cut the new key and, you know, made it where that key and unlocked the doors, but it won't, it won't fit the ignition no more. Yeah. So. doesn't but, surprise me.
0: So no. I, 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 I take it that I can't just hot wire vehicles anymore like I used to do when I was a
7: teenager? No. <laughs> no. You,
0: know, you
4: you see that on TV where they pull the wires out from underneath the dash, and they yeah. arc and spark a couple of them, and it takes off and runs? Yeah. That doesn't happen. Gone no. in 60 seconds is a myth. Yeah. <laughs> in today's world, it would take a very smart man with a laptop and some kind of crack program to, to steal it. a car or even to hack into the system on that car.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, it's probably more likely they hack into the system than they, they, they hotwire it. So anyway, yeah,
4: well,
7: you know, you, still you then, never know. An issue with the yeah.
4: steering lock cylinder and the shift solenoid that lets it move out of park to go into gear.
7: Yeah, and, and another thing, too, Joe, you know, with all these fobs that you carry around in your pocket, you know, they don't even have a key. You know, all, all it does is read the fob. When you get in, hit the button and start it. So you've got to have a computer to crack that, and uh, it's going to take you a whole lot longer sitting there in that car trying to crack it and get it to start than what, you know, than what they show on the TV and stuff. It's, well, yeah, I know. That, that just that just blown all of my, my
0: car-watching <laughs> programs that uh, I'll, I'll never believe them again. So, yeah.
7: Yeah, it's uh, amazing. I, it's just like my – I got iZuzu stuff to work on, iZuzu Bob trucks. Right. Well, iZuzu cited here about a year ago. All the new stuff is going to have a different control module in it. Yeah. So I had to turn around and buy a $5,000 computer this week or last week. To work on the Izuzus.
0: Oh my goodness!
7: And it's good for one truck Izuzu. No, yeah. No other brand of truck, of course not. Of course you not. Know.
0: That's that's like buying one of those specific tools that only reaches a specific bolt on yep. on the bottom of a car.
7: Yep. And you know, and and people, they look at you like you've cracked up when you tell them it's hire's labor to to scan the truck. But you know, and I tell them, go buy that machine. Yeah. You know, I've got. Seven make computers. Joe's got seven eight computers. Gary Henry's got seven make computers. All of us, you know, you know, twenty years ago, I had an older gentleman that was teaching us a school, and he looked at us and told us, he said, "Guys, you'll be a computer expert in another twenty years," and we all kind of laughed at him, you know. Yeah. But he was true. Yeah. So you guys take
0: continuing education for this stuff. You get you you all get the time. reeducated and, uh, yeah. My and a goodness. lot of
7: it you learn, you you go to school and listen to someone teaching you, but until right. you actually put your hands on it, you, right. don't, you don't really learn it. You, know yeah, I mean?
0: yeah. You know, well, I'm that way, too. You don't really learn something until you do it yeah. uh, several times. So, anyway.
7: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's something that happens all the time. <clears throat> you know, and you just, my guys, I had two of my guys went to school last week for about four hours to the daytime. Right, and right now we we'll have to do it online. Or you're still online too, Joe?
4: Yeah, you know we, we're doing virtual training, but it ain't like the in the classroom and a little bit of uh, live instructoring. Some of the schools we used to go to were hands-on, and there were actually some competitions during that for stuff that was out. that set you up in different groups and say, "All right, these cars here all have the same problem, and you two, and you two. Yeah. Uh, figure it out, and and that's what we're talking about—live training—and and that's the best. But we don't get that right now in the world of the COVID. So,
7: yeah, and you know, and um, that's what I try to preach to the. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back here in a few minutes with Alan and me and Joe. So come on back and see us. Yes, sir. Good morning. This is Alan curve
0: filling in for Dave Ellswick. I'm here with uh, Joe and Duck of Ducks Garage learning everything there is to know about computerized cars nowadays and you didn't uh,
7: realize how bad
0: it was it was you? bad it's bad <laughs> I, it, it's it's expensive and it's bad uh hopefully they'll they'll find a way to to make these things where they don't break you think
7: duck no no okay well too much stuff on them too nowadays. much stuff
0: yeah and as long as there's lightning out there <laughs> messing with them it's it's uh it's likely that
7: you are going to need joe and duck at some point in time it's uh, 20 years ago, you never would have heard of a lightning strike hitting a vehicle and shutting it off. Yeah. But today, you'll be amazed how many cars in the United States are struck by lightning. That
0: doesn't surprise me somehow because they're, they're
7: rolling lightning rods. Most of them hit the antenna.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
7: You know, uh, the 18-wheeler that I was telling you about, he had a fiberglass whip sticking up on the right mirror, and that's uh, where it come in at. That's it. And... But you never know. I've seen it hit the back of the truck and have burnt spots on them, and I've seen it blow the tires out on them when it goes into the ground. You know, if it's, if it takes a direct hit, it's most likely going to blow the tires out. Yeah. And it probably won't blow, but one or two, but it will. But it's just uh, amazing what it does. Wow. I mean, in there again, big trucks has about got as many miles now as cars do. Not quite as many, but. You know, they're getting more and more every day. You know, like, used to a big truck only had an ECM and a TCM, mm-hmm. an ABS module. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got a body control module. Now you got a heater control module. All this stuff all has to talk to one another. It makes a big circle with the information. And when it comes by me, I pull what I want out. When it goes by Joe, he pulls what he wants out. Then it comes by you, and you get what you want out. And mm-hmm. then it comes back around, <clears> and we all do it all over again. And that's how it loops around and catches everything so it knows what to do right oh my goodness well Joe, uh, we done messed alan up yeah
0: you have you have I, i've i've right. just flabbergasted here um so you if the if the antennas aren't uh sticking up like they're in the in the 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 windshield or something like that you got less likely for them to get hit that way don't you
7: yeah they just come on in the car then ah okay it's if you get close enough to I'll, it it's gonna blow stuff Go ahead, Joe. I've
0: seen,
4: I've seen that the car can be parked by a tree and the tree gets stuck by lightning and just the the Come the in, radiant over to it. power blast and 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 you know you've got uh, those those high voltage flashes and with some static electricity can can damage the in engine computer and the and the modules inside the car.
0: My goodness. Well, Duck, you've got some questions from, got, uh, from from some listeners there. Why don't you uh, we we jump on one of those?
7: All right. We've got a 2006 Ford Explorer, Joe. It's got a eight-cylinder, 4.6 liter. Can it, and this is what she's asking. Can I reset my oil change life reminder without the use of a message center cluster? Uh, it is possible to use a scan tool or any other method to reset the oil change reminder oil life. My Explorer's Metro Center still lights up with different colors, but the display is scrambled and is not readable. So I have no way of of knowing how to do it. There's no way unless you got a computer. Correct, Joe.
4: Well, yeah, but she's still going to have an issue. You can you can reset yeah. it with the, with the with the scanner, but if her display doesn't come up, she's never going to be able to read what the whole life is at.
7: I just what I was to say. It don't really matter if it's reset or not, you know, because you can't read it you if the dash it. ain't working. You can't read it. Yeah, you know, you
4: can't read your percentage. you know it's going to be set back to hundred percent, and when it gets down to ten or twenty percent, if she can't read it, I don't say how what good it would do. It's not going to ding a bell or anything to say no. hey, it's time to change it.
7: Yeah, you know, and and there again, she really needs the dash working because she can't see the temperature, she can't see the oil light, or none of that stuff. So,
4: well, you, know, you got you know. odometers and tripometers and fuel economy in there. You know, she needs to fix what's wrong with it, and everything else will take care of
7: itself. Yeah, take itself care of itself. End, you know? Yeah, and it, you know, and and it's probably it's a '06 Ford Explorer. You know, just put a put a cluster in it, you know, and reset it, and you know, but. uh there again it gets expensive sometimes but you know then we got another one here joe it's this one here it's a 2000 chrysler concord uh 2.7 how to fix my heat and ac the ac heat in my car will not turn on when i try to turn the knob uh nothing comes on it's the only car i've got can you please help and she it, it's she's probably
4: got a, not blowing. So yeah. I, I'm going to say that it's got an issue with, uh, with that year model and the age of it. It's probably got a blower motor or a resistor that's went bad for the blower.
7: Yep, that's what I was fixing to say. So uh, um, she's going to have to bring it to one of us and let one of us look at it to uh, to figure out what's going on with it
0: okay guys i've got one here that i'm i'm looking at that i really like we may have to get the answer after the break but um a 2009 chevrolet aveo ls four-cylinder 1.6 liter what would feel like what would make it feel like i'm driving over a log when i try to drive over (laughs) or drive a reverse um the driver side of my car lifts up and feels like i'm running over something big like a down tree or a person (laughs) there's nothing behind or underneath my tire there doesn't appear to be anything wrong with my wheels or tires i don't see anything hanging or dragging under the car at all it drove fine on the way home when i parked it but when i tried to back out uh, the next day that's what it was doing what could possibly be wrong could it be a broken axle how would i even know Okay, let's, <laughs> let's ponder that as we uh, uh, as we we think about that. Now we get, we've got one more minute before the break. But uh, right off the top of your head, real quick, if what, it was
7: a broke axle, it wouldn't be driving. Uh, I agree. You know, right. <laughs> I and agree. I'm tell you what, ahead, I'm Tell you what that sounds
4: like to me. I think it's got a caliper bolt that came out. That's... Going forward, it won't affect that. But if you hit the brakes a little bit, backing up. That caliper is going to raise up in the front and it's going to hit the wheel. I, that was, and I think that that's probably locking the left front wheel up, and that's why it jerks like that.
7: And it has happened. Yeah, a yeah. few yeah. times, you know. And it's 09 model, so you know it's had brakes put on it. So, yeah, probably you know, so. There again, you're going to have to get it hauled somewhere and let somebody look at it. Unless you're enough mechanic that you can look at it yourself and figure it out, but right, I doubt it real seriously, you know, because you All have to get well, up on it and look at it. This is
0: uh, Alan Kerr in for Dave Ellswick with uh, Joe and Duck of Ducks Garage. We're going to take a, a break real quick here and be back right after these messages. Good morning. This is Alan Kerr in for Dave Ellswick. I'm here with uh, Joe and Duck from Ducks Garage. We're talking automobiles and repairs this morning. And uh, answering uh, uh, emails that that they've been receiving from uh, people having problems with their vehicles, and uh, we just just uh, had one uh, uh, just before the break where uh, a lady was uh, backing up and felt like she was running over a body or a
7: tree log yeah. in the driveway. And she get pretty good at you know what's going on with it, yeah, which is better than normal. <laughs> Uh, we, we surmised that it had to be a brake caliper. Yeah. The boats come out of the brake caliper. If it was a broken axle, it wouldn't move. Yeah. So, you know, and it's like we said, it's an 09 model, Joe. So, you know, it's had brakes put on it. Don't you think? Um, more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more than once. Yeah. Uh, don't say how many miles it's got, but, and you know, it's going to have to be took somewhere with Alan and, uh, and me and Joe figured that. And get it looked at. You know, it's going to have to go somewhere and get it looked at. And uh, so, you know, you, you're going to have to get it somewhere and let one of us look at it. Just go online look up the Bumper to Bumper Certified Center. in uh, the closest one to you, click on to it, and they'll tell you how to get there. And they'll take care of you, Want to, Joe?
4: Oh, absolutely.
7: Uh, you know, we use Bumper to Bumper. I do. Joe does. And all the other certified centers do. Because they have what we need every day. We don't have to wait two or three days to get it, you know, so that's why we use them without any trouble. <clears throat> to keep uh, everything in stock. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat>
4: yeah. Well, also they offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on their parts and our labor, so they're actually backing us up because you got to qualify to become a certified service center, and, and if you don't qualify, you can't be part of the program. But if you're qualified, they actually warranty our labor, to our customers as well as the parts. So it's a fantastic deal.
7: And speaking of that, Joe, we had a lady uh, broke down on the interstate uh, Saturday night. She had had alternator put on her car up in, uh, I think it was Kentucky, some somewhere up there uh, about a month ago. And she was going down to Houston to see her family, and went down, her and her two kids. I put them in a motel Saturday night and uh, son, uh, Monday checked it. alternator was bad. But it didn't cost her nothing to get it repaired. Wow! And they even told her to save her a receipt for a motel room and they'd reimburse her because she spent two nights in a motel. That's a deal, so, you know. And that was part of the two-year, twenty-four thousand-mile warranty, which is pretty good because it didn't cost her nothing for me to repair it. They paid me, you know. And Joe, guess is one of them that you got to drop the axle out. You got to drop the K-frame oh. down, to put alternator on it.
4: Oh my gosh! Yeah, one one them one of them hard ones to do. Yeah, yeah,
7: it could have been one of the easy ones. It <laughs> couldn't been an easy one. It's about a about a six hour drive. Yeah, put off labor now. intensive. Yeah, you know, and and when <clears throat> Russell was talking to the you know to the well to the <clears throat> people who take care of that from bumper to bumper, they said no problem, just fix it and we'll get you paid. So yeah, and I we fixed it Monday and turned her loose and sent her on her way Monday afternoon, and she was tickled to death and you know so. Good deal. You know, it's just a good thing for them. So, Joe, we got another question here on, on a, uh, a Jeep Wrangler. 2011 mm-hmm. Jeep Wrangler steering wheel shifter and brake lock. Hello, I have a 2011 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Sport and have been experiencing problems when starting the car. Sometimes whenever I start my car, the steering wheel and the brake lock up and are stuck. I also can't move the shifter from park to reverse or drive. The wheels and the brakes lock up. And are stuck as well. The engine and the AC still runs are fine. I have no idea what's wrong because this problem just started occurring a week, couple weeks ago. And only sometimes happen. If anybody knows what's wrong, please let me know. Uh, gonna have to catch it doing it. Yeah. It could be a multitude of things, can't it, Joe? Yeah. it's It's gotta be at yeah. the shop when it's broke.
0: <laughs>
7: I've Really
4: intermittents are tough to fix you know there there's some there's some data there that you could access with a scanner and look and see <clears throat> if everything is functioning like it is but you're back to that old age old problem if it's not broke when you check it it's going to check good yes uh, <clears throat> I I suspect it's a, it's a shift lock release issue uh, that if I remember correctly is is the, the the key still on the column on an 06 yep and and I, I'm pretty sure that when you turn that mechanical key and uh, turn it down, it, it releases the steering lock mechanism. And when you touch the brake pedal, that releases the shift lock release.
7: And Joe, so there's
4: how, going to be a little issue right there. So. And
7: you know how bad they are about the batteries on Jeeps? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, it'll still be starting the car, but it won't be. It You still have to replace the battery. I've, we've replaced batteries <clears> and fixed the <throat> many Dodge products. Is that right?
4: It's the grounds and the low voltage that make these
0: modules do weird things. Wow. I got a couple of Jeeps, so that's helpful information for me.
7: Yeah. Okay. And I've seen the battery test good. Put a battery in and all the problems go away. Mm. And you have two, haven't you, Joe? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, here's one for you guys. Hi, I
0: have a 2004 Volkswagen Passat. Okay, there's your problem right there. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's your problem right there. get rid of that car uh with a 1.8 and and it's uh not running right uh it's overheated and since i have replaced the thermostat and radiator as well as bypassing the heater core and when i started it back back up it didn't overheat but it ran very rough almost like it was misfiring uh now it won't start at all and I scanned it with my code reader, and it uh, says um,
7: Mass airflow sensor.
0: MAF high, right? Mass airflow sensor high. Input and cam spen- sensor over advanced. I've replaced the cam sensor already.
7: Well, they got it hot. That's the telltale sign. They got it hot. And yeah. once it gets hot, what happens? Start having water problems water in it, you know have water in the cylinders because he said it's running rough since then so yeah you know he's most likely drinking water ain't he joe
4: well you got cause and effect it yep. overheated he put a bunch of parts on it blew a heater core out put a radiator on it uh, you fix the cause of the overheating now you deal with the effects of it which is probably uh got a blow head gasket started it up it run rough it's got coolant getting in that cylinder and then you shut it off let it set and that coolant leaks in there and it won't crank again because it's hydrostatically locked it's yep. got coolant on top of that piston
7: yeah and, and, so, and you know the only way you can do it is tear it apart and look at it wow Ho- yeah, hopefully it didn't bust head. I,
0: I stick with my original comment
7: <laughs> throw it away You're right. <laughs> so joe we got one here it's a 97 it's this guy's named mike 97 Honda Civic's 4-cylinder uh, 1.6. I have a code, of a PO301 cylinder 1 misfire. History. Car has sat for several years, but will start it and run quarterly. This this spring would turn over, but would not start. Changed out battery, fuel filter, spark plugs. Clean idle control valve. Checked air filter. After these steps, vehicle, vehicle would maintain uh, 1,000 RPMs at idle. Still starts, but runs rough. When engine gets to 2500 rpms number one cylinder misfire change out ignition coil runs better but misfire still occurs inspect new spark plugs and all four cylinders show carbon fouled. but it's been setting for several years so what's your suggesting, joe
4: well it ain't been maintained if it's been setting for several years nope. that's number one number two uh it comes into play here uh if if it was how it was running before it parked it, and it's been my experience, okay, mm-hmm. that nobody ever parks a perfectly good car for four years. Yes. So you've got the existing <laughs> problems of why they parked it, plus yes. what got created while it's been parked. It could have rodents up there chewed up wires. It could have valves that are stuck from setting up. A, the list goes on and on. It could have a rat's nest on, on inside the air trainer box. I, you know, how do you diagnose that duck with with the information we got right here?
7: You can't not until you put yeah. a computer on it and look at it. You know, yeah, you've got, we've got to lay our hands on it to cure this problem. You know, and that's like Joe. We had a motor home come in the other day, been sitting for about three months in a in a shed. Brought it to me on a wrecker. <clears throat> raised the hood, and the rats had went wild under it.
0: Yeah. I wish I had a dollar every time I had a claim uh of a client who had had rats get to their See? cars. I mean it, it it's amazing what they can do to these things. I mean it's not just one wire or two wires. Well, it's all the wires. All that
7: stuff is made out of soybean oil. Yeah. So Is that do they is like that it? what attracts them? Yeah. All the wires made out of soybean oil. All your plastic components, most of all of them are made out of soybean oil. I'll be darned. And they love it.
0: I mean I mean it was almost like somebody had, had coated the wires in peanut butter
7: yeah you know well basically it's coated in soybeans yeah and i've seen them eat i've had them people park them two or three days and go out and they don't start and you raise the hood and you know yeah you see the little where the you know the mice and the squirrel squirrels is just as bad as mice yeah you know they'll eat it up too how many times have you seen it joe oh yeah tons
4: and tons You know, uh, before we went to break, we had a question about the accessory plugs on the Dodge. Yes. Yeah, I I wanted to talk a little bit about that because on on those Dodges, I've got what they call a totally integrated power module. Yes. That all the fuses are in. It's underneath the hood. It's called, you know, fuse relay center, totally integrated power module. Every manufacturer's got their own name for that. And he said it has blew several of those fuses. Well, he needs to look, and 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 probably if he has overloaded that circuit, and it's blow to fuse. I got a feeling he said all of them are blown, so he's unplugged that compressor out of one, moved it to the next one, moved it to the next one. That's what I figured too. Most you. of those accessory plugs have their own individual fuse, and I got I got five dollars bet on this that he pulled a fuse out and said, "Well, that's a that's a ten amp. Let me put a twenty in here."
7: Yep. Oh. So you know what it done to the, to the controller. To the fuse well he's either he's either
4: burnt that totally integrated power module up or he's melted the the, the socket on the back side where that accessory port where you shove the little deal in there to get it to come out. So yeah.
7: and, and this is a five nine diesel too, so you know most likely it's gonna be expensive to fix this little problem, make him come back up and work. You know, because you know what he's done, Joe, he's blowed the module on it. And so, oh
4: yeah, that's what I think, yeah.
7: You know, the driver's
4: up in there because those modules are, are are a weak link on those Dodges anyway. You don't, you don't <laughs> need
7: to be over, yes. over-amping
4: over anything on that thing because, hell, shoot, they're about $800, aren't they, Doug?
7: Yep. And how many times have you seen the AC compressor clutch go bad and and blow the module? Yeah. About every time I get one in need an AC compressor clutch on it, you got to put a module on to fix it. Because the yeah. far out, the all the, 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 the controls through that through that module some people call it a body control module some people you know but it all does the same thing so you know and that's that's what I was telling you know it's got other problems
4: back to the rodents again you know if you take the wiring harness that's chewed up okay and you get the ground wires touching the power wires and that feeds back to that module it'll burn the module up not just tear up the wiring harness but it can damage the control modules engine control transmission uh, totally integrated power module body control modules because all of the drivers in there that control everything and this is the big deal when you reach over and push the button to roll your left window down that makes a request to that power module for it to do the window yeah so when you short that stuff out, it damages that module.
7: Yeah, and you know, uh, and it gets expensive quick. Alan's sitting here with his frown on his face, like, "How how expensive can he get?" So you know, it. But it does, don't it, Joe? It, you, you can burn up two or three thousand dollars worth of stuff in a heartbeat.
4: Oh, absolutely!
0: So I'll never, I'll out never out. plug anything into my my <laughs> outlet again. Well, if you
4: actually talk about
0: that, just a minute. How about this, Alan?
4: The day you got your car, and does it have a USB charging port in it? Yes. The minute you plugged your phone into that car, that car downloaded every bit of information on your phone, every picture, every text, and your your phone call, every contact you ever made. And guess who has that information? Oh,
0: my God. The, the car manufacturer dealer has.
4: That car. Oh, my goodness. The, manu- the manufacturer, and guess what they've done? They've took your things that you do, where you like to eat, where you like to shop, who you're talking to, what you're trying to buy, this, that, and the other, and it piles. It compiles oh. that information and it sells it.
0: Okay, I've, I've my heart just sank, and and uh, <laughs> we're going to have to go to a break. So okay. this is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick. We'll be right at right back after these messages. This is Alan Kerr uh, back from uh, break with uh, Joe and Duck from Duck's Garage, talking about cars and all the things that goes wrong with them, and now all the things that are being being recorded in my car. Now that uh, Duck has has didn't realize he's all messed that. me up. Um, we, uh, we were just talking about when you plug your, your cell phone into the, uh, USB port in your car, it downloads all the stuff off your phone. Now that's quite disturbing that, that my, my car dealership is now going to be able to access all of my information that I it's have on my really phone. It's not really
7: the dealership, it's more, uh, it, it,
0: the manufacturer, the, the manufacturer. Okay. Yes. Well, the... that's, that's even worse.
7: Yeah. They're the ones that... <laughs> Uh, don't you think so, Joe? It's, it's more the manufacturer than it is car dealership, even though the car dealership can look at quite a bit of it. Yeah.
4: All all car manufacturers today have, like, GM's got OnStar, Ford's got their version of it, and Nissan and Toyota, everybody's got their own version of that. <clears throat> but yeah. they compile that information and they bundle it, and they'll sell it to Axiom, Axiom chop it up, and then sell it out there for leads, for people trying to buy, you know, sell products.
0: But, I feel so invaded. It, <laughs> I do. Fact, I feel so invaded. Is, well, the fact to, that it is
4: out there without your consent is the problem.
7: Uh, yes. Yeah. You know? And and I was telling Joe, I was telling uh, Alan Joe that like the middle of twenty twenty, they started putting the black box like on airplanes, and they can For tell sure, if, if can. you had your hands on the steering wheel. <laughs> they can tell if you applied the brakes. If you had the turn signal on. To look at a wreck, and they can recreate it now down to the T. What happened? Well, if I yeah, ever absolutely. crash my
0: my car on the side of a hill in the Rockies, they'll be able to find me. Yep. So, <laughs> well, we've well, got a we've happened. got another question here. Uh, a two thousand one Chrysler Town and Country LX six cylinder three point three liter. Um, I recently purchased a two thousand one Chrysler Town and Country, and the actuator was just. Laying on the front passenger side door side floorboard, and I have no AC, and I'm assuming it was because of this. I need to know where exactly it gets hooked up.
7: Uh, go ahead, Joe.
4: <laughs> well, he's only got he's got a recirculate door actuator. He's got a blend door actuator. He's got a mode door actuator. It's yes. a dual zone. He's got another blend door actuator. But my question is. Why would you buy a car, and and if you needed AC, buy one with the actuator laying in the floorboard? And number two, that's a Chrysler product, and that means most likely that one of the doors is broke in the heater case assembly.
7: And that's why it's laying there, because they went to put one in it and figured out that the door's broke the reason it won't work, and that's what burnt the actuator up. You know,
4: buyer beware on this. If it was, if you if you have a somebody come in and say, "Well, I just bought this." They said my air don't work. All I need is it charged. Yep, that is the biggest red flag because if it was that easy to fix, why didn't they fix it for? They sold it to you and sell you the car for more money.
7: Yeah, yeah. just fix the saying. And if the air conditioner works, it makes it worth a whole lot more. Yeah, and that's why that's probably a new actuator laying in the floor, and they mm-hmm. crawled up in there and figured out that you got to pull the dash out of it. They hang uh-huh. that dash or on the, the string and build a car around it. <laughs> is that, that what old, it is?
4: <laughs> or, or the door is broke and the actuator ain't going to fix it.
7: Yeah. And that's probably what they figured out, Joe, that the door was broke and you use car people because mm-hmm. it's an 01 model. Decided, ah, we'll just sell that as is. We'll take our $300, $500 loss on it and... And sell it just like it goes, and mm-hmm. you know, because it's a pretty good job, isn't it, Joe? So fix... you're thinking
0: he bought it from auction or something like that?
7: Nah, he probably bought it from a small car lot somewhere. Oh, okay, you know, he could have bought it from auction, but it probably come from a small a small car lot somewhere. You know, but
4: that' his brother-in-law.
5: No, I
7: just <sighs> fix <feel> it worse.
5: <laughs>
7: <laughs> Man, I, I was down on today, Joe? He, I'm telling you, he, he's wearing them out. So. Uh, we got a uh, 07 Toyota Camry, Joe. It's a 2.4, and it, this is what it says, body and interior. Why does my radio head unit work, but there is no sound except when I open up the trunk? I recently <laughs> bought a used 2007 Toyota Camry SB. It's got a JBL stereo system. The radio head unit and the display work, but there is no sound in the car. However, at the to open it. In closing the trunk, the sound works, but the rear speaker sounds weak and tinted. After taking it in to an electronic repair shop, I replaced the amp in the junkyard amp fryer, which works perfectly. Uh, Minus the rear speakers. Minus the rear speakers, and it's this sound, except for opening and closing the trunk. Fast forward a few days, and a sound has gone out again. However, Mm -hmm. it works when the trunk is fully open. And if the trunk is closed, the sound continues briefly and then stops.
0: Okay, let me take a guess at this one. Go ahead. There's a short in the wire that goes to the trunk uh, speakers, and when he opens the trunk, it it connects to the, the,
7: the circuit. Go ahead, Joe. Now tell him. Nah, you're
4: on this one, Carol.
7: <laughs> you don't know, but you're probably right, Alan. It's got a short somewhere, and when he opens the trunk and slams it, yeah. it makes contact again. It could be a loose, a loose plug. Yeah, uh, Could be bad speakers. Speakers could be bad. And when you shake the car real hard, they'll mm-hmm. make contact again. <clears throat> there again, he's going to have to come see somebody. Yeah. I think it's probably the connector
0: that goes on to the, yeah. uh, to the speaker.
7: Alan, it's, thank it's, you for coming in this morning for yes, us. Sir. And Joe, I'll talk to yeah, you later. Yeah. Everybody have a wonderful day, and we'll see you later.